Hello and welcome to another episode of Improper Football, where we talk about fantasy football, the NFL, with beers in our hands. My name is Mark. And I'm Biz, back in the DMV area. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's good to be back. You look good. Cheers, thanks. Yeah, it's good to be, good to be back and doing this face-to-face uh, before I head off again soon. Yeah, you so. could only actually meet me face-to-face when you're <laughs> actually in the first place of the league. Like, as soon as there is yeah. any threatening to that, you're like, well, I got a piece. That, that is true. I think the last time we did this face-to-face, I may well have been top, but, you know... That's uh, semantics, but um, yeah, it's good to be back, and we got a lot to talk about this week. We have a lot to talk about this week. There is uh, a lot of movement that happened in our league. Uh, There's a little bit of solidification as far as what our league is looking like for the playoffs, and we're going to talk about our league going to the playoffs since there's only a few weeks left. Yeah, we got a few weeks left, so things are starting to heat up in the playoff race. But before we get that, we have a recap of this past week, and if you don't mind, what I'd like to do is start myself. I had a pretty convincing victory against Jerry this week. I had about a 40-point win against Jerry. Like, it, it was ultimately, like, it was a week that I was looking forward to, even though Russell Wilson once again underperformed. But ultimately, the big thing that really crushed Jerry was all of his bigger players really didn't show up. Uh, Leonard Fournette was fine, but Kenyon Drake underperformed. Marquise yeah, Brown Diggs underperformed. Didn't. Diggs was fine. Diggs was fine. He was fine. Yeah, but yeah. Pat Mahomes, he, he's he's had a really up and down season, hasn't he? Well, by his standards, he's been really poor, and I think everyone would would say that. We may talk about this a bit later, but people were saying even in the Cowboys' win, it was the Kansas City defense that stepped up. Which is weird because that's not been the story this no, season. No, no, it hasn't. You know, sometimes I mean they will say defense wins championships so they really do i think you know patrick mahomes i mean he's he's fantastic he's just having an off year and that's and okay just, and that's okay it's that's one of okay. those things i mean he is someone that can just turn it on any day um, yeah i had essentially a victory that was granted to me by by justin jefferson who was, was phenomenal, phenomenal last week he huh? was he was phenomenal yeah and that whole game of minnesota versus the packers was a really really weird game overall uh, Rodgers had a decent game. Uh, you know, four touchdowns, almost 400 yards. Yeah. Decent by his standards. Kirk Cousins had a very good game for his standards, 341-3. He did. But Justin Jefferson with 169 and two touchdowns, he was the, the focal point of the entire game. He was. He was. I mean, and that was one of the... Well, we'll talk about this a bit later in our recap of the league, but go ahead. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk a bit more about that. Uh, I, I think I was a little lucky to be able to get this win. Uh, because it really required players doing well for me and players doing bad for Jerry. Yeah. But uh, I'll take it. it. It puts me back into the trying to squeeze in the playoff conversation, and it puts a little bit of pressure on Jerry to start winning down the stretch. Yeah. Well, that was a great win for you. And I it puts so. you in the hunt. It puts you in the hunt. It puts like me in the said, hunt. There are, we'll, again, we'll chat about this a bit later, but there, there is a group of teams in our league that are 6-5, and 5-6 five, five and six yeah. that are all vying for, you know, 4th, 5th, 6th playoff spots. So, yeah. Um, I had a I had a great week. You did. Um, I am I am now all is well with the world because <laughs> the league is in its rightful place because I have now assumed the summit of our fantasy football league. Yeah, I would Personally, argue. I think we should end the league now um, because you well, know, that wouldn't I be kosher. It, it wouldn't it, be it wouldn't proper. Be kosher. Yeah, it, <laughs> it wouldn't be proper. So yes, I had um, a very good week. I beat our reigning league champion, and Just I also it. beat. Our first guest on the show, Justin, the lovely Justin. Lovely. He had a, he had a good week. He scored 120 points. 
Yeah, by but most I weeks, that's generally that's good, good enough score. to win. Yes, yeah, and, and you always good. think you always think you're right. If you score about 120 points, you're in with a shout of winning. Um, and I had a great week. I scored 162. I beat Justin by 40 points. I know that I'm really happy with my team. And I know that if they all perform, that there are few teams that can beat me because I have Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler... Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler had an amazing game. He did. You know, it, uh, I well, it helps when you've he got was... Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler, and if they both click, you're just right, going to reap the benefits. Yeah. yeah, but it's also, you know, Austin Eckler had an amazing game, and he was he was in any other week we'd be talking about him in the main story, but obviously he was overshadowed by Jonathan Taylor. We can get oh into that gosh. a bit later. Yeah. But he's, he's um, so good. Austin Eckler had a great game. Uh, Jamar Chase had a touchdown. Mike Evans had a great game yesterday, uh, last night for Tampa. You know, I was Jalen Waddle had a had a good game against the New York Jets, so I was sort of firing on all cylinders, and I'm I'm really happy with my team going forward. I mean, forward. even Frymuth for you had a had a, he had had a, a touchdown. touchdown for you. He he actually, you know, he's been looking he, like a really good pickup for you. He has. Um, he didn't score as many points as Dalton Schultz, and I'm in a bit of a dilemma because they're both oh, always darn, about the two same. Two pretty good yes. tight ends. I mean, I'm oh, always darn. leaning towards playing Pat Frymuth because I hate the Cowboys, and so I don't want to play a Cowboy. So yeah. I would rather play Pat Frymuth even if it. Even if it means I don't get enough points. But it's a nice problem to have. So, yeah, I had a great win. I'm now top. Enough said. Well, in addition to enough said, <laughs> there's one more thing that I want to bring up. There's one other team in our league. You, you have a very, very well put together squad. But there's one team in our league who is technically in fourth place because he's got one further game behind. But he has sculpted his team immaculately. Ryan, if you're listening to this... I, I am extremely jealous of your team. I don't think I've seen a team this well put together in quite some time. Dak Prescott at quarterback. His three running backs that he gets to play are Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, and James Robinson. Uh, he's got Tyler Lockett, Mike Gesicki, the Eagles defense, which is okay. Mike Boswell, who's a good kicker. The only really like down spot on your team, I think, is Chase Claypool because he's kind of boom or bust right now based off of the Steelers' offense. But you've also got options on your wide receivers because Devontae Smith is starting to boom. And Darnell Mooney had a great game last week, too. It is. It's a, it's an, it's a fantastic squad. Yeah. Defending my team over Team Ryan and I know I have to play him I think maybe next week <laughs> yeah you're playing him this coming week so we'll, we'll put that to the no, test we will we will put that to the test I will say on, on paper his team because he's ride or die with his running backs his running backs I mean Jonathan Taylor I mean he's taken over the mantle from Derek Henry he really has um, he's been amazing Jonathan Taylor I will say you're right I think maybe a wide receiver slightly weak yeah but and, and I would say, as a pure squad, or in terms of my overall team, I, th I think has slightly higher upside than Ryan, and I'm sure he'll disagree with that. Yeah, it's... I, I will say, we, we have very even squads. I feel that... I think the place where you can... Oh, that you can succeed over him is the fact that you've got the Herbert Eckler combination. And... Uh, if Dak Prescott has a down game, uh, yes. and you have the tandem of Eckler and Herbert if one succeeding of with have... each other, right? Uh, I think that you get that week. Y yes, and and it and it worked for me this week because obviously Eckler had four touchdowns. I think two of them were receiving. So obviously Justin Herbert had three touchdowns, yeah. and he also rushed for ninety-three yards. Um, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, you're right, Ryan going into the playoffs. He's on a roll because yeah. I think you're right. He probably has 
the best the, the best team at the moment. I would say on paper, I'm 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 confident with my team that it can beat Ryan. Um, but yeah, it it will be interesting to see. You. It's going to be it's been going to be a good matchup. So uh, hopefully, maybe we could get Ryan on next week, and uh, if, he, if he's interested in joining as a guest, I'll reach out to him recap. to see if he's interested in that. So last week we had a bit of a fumble in our pickups. Um, we both, uh, you you went out on a limb to, I, to your credit. You picked the Lions. No, I to picked win. the surest thing about no one. <laughs> you picked the Lions to win, and for the first time in it looks like seven weeks, you finally didn't get an advantage. Um, I picked the Titans over the Texans and lost. I I couldn't remember who you picked. I picked the Titans over the Texans. And I remember thinking, I had this feeling, I was like, I think Mark picked the Titans over the Texans. Wow. So we are, as we were last as week. As we were last week. Wow. So got you know even what? more I am, urgency. I am so happy that I picked the Lions in a week when you picked the Titans over. Well, you know what? The Lions actually made a bit of a game of it. They um, did. At, at the beginning... The Browns were raced out to a lead, and I thought, oh, this could be a blowout. Um, and it wasn't. The Lions, again, for, for as bad as the Lions have been, they have actually been... Pretty terrible. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> They've been absolutely god-awful. What I was going to say is they have actually been, I think, more competitive in certain games than people think. And, yeah, you just look at the losses and wins, and you're like, okay, well, they haven't won, so there's not much to look at there. So... I'm not going to get too much into this right now, but I think it's a great topic for another episode. I think Baker Mayfield is getting a little bit too much criticism right now. Granted, he's playing not great right now, but he also has a torn labrum that he's playing through, and he's also got a heel injury, and he's got another injury as well. The man is playing through three pretty, pretty bad injuries. I don't blame the Browns for not extending him yet, because if he does have this kind of fragility that's going on right now, you, you have to give pause. But... They're not playing well right now, and I think it's because he's playing hurt. Yeah, not because he's bad. You could be right. Yeah. So, let's move into what happened in the NFL this past week. Let's do it. And there were a lot of really interesting stories. There were. Because we got a lot coming up, we have games coming up a lot faster than we have before because of Thanksgiving. We don't really have as much time to talk about each of these. I want to bring up what I thought was the most impactful game of this past week, and that was the Vikings beating the Packers. Now, the Vikings are still only 5-5, five and five, but there is theoretically a chance that they could push the Packers for the division if the Packers continue to have these little stumbles here and there. Yeah. But in a matchup where both of the quarterbacks are outspokenly non-vaccinated, the one who didn't lie about it won. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good point on that. <laughs> both quarterbacks looked really good. Aaron Rodgers had four touchdowns, almost 400 yards. Kirk Cousins had three touchdowns, 350. But really, the story of this game um, were the wide receivers. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling and Devontae Adams both looked really, really good. Um, but Justin Jefferson is is arguably one of the, the top receivers in the league, yeah. joining Devontae well, I think he Adams is the, as one of, one of those top four or five receivers yeah. in the league. Yeah. This game was close the entire time. And there yes. was a brief period of time in the third quarter where the, the Vikings are by, by two scores. But the Packers and the Vikings went back and forth and back and forth. And you usually don't see Kurt Cousins rise to the occasion to win those yes. close games. Yeah, I agree. He has done it before, certainly, but he's he usually is not the person to rise up to the occasions for that. And the fact that he did that not only in a division game against Aaron Rodgers, 
at a point of the season where they really need to have a turning point. They've got, now gone from a team that was a losing record to they're at 500 five, five. and yeah. they they're are in the they're in the hunt. Yeah. They're there. Yeah. No, I agree. That was a big result for the Vikings. I, I thought the Vikings would win. Um, I did think it was going to be close. Spencer didn't. Um, no, he didn't. He, and, he picked and the he, Vikings. Um, <laughs> no, that's... Yeah. So I, I did think the Vikings were going to win. But... It was a. I mean, yeah. It was a. It was a. It was a good game. It was a close game, and Kirk Cousins finally finally showed up um, uh, to win a close game. So, for me, one of the results of the week was the Sunday night game. Yeah, Steelers Chargers. It was. It was. It was, a, it was a great game. Um, obviously, Justin Herbert. For me, the, the stories. Obviously, Austin Eckler had a had a great game. Two receiving touchdowns. Two rushing touchdowns. Justin Herbert did his thing but he also rushed for 90 odd yards 93 yards I believe which you know makes me think he's always been able to rush and I and and looking at that game and watching it you you kind of thought oh I wonder if they should let him off the leash a bit more but um but it was interesting the Chargers went up quite early they did and, and they and they were they were winning Quite handsomely going it was into the fourth 27 quarter. Twenty-seven to ten going to the fourth right. quarter, and then the Steelers just went on this charge in the fourth quarter. No, and the Chargers are the charge. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, um, really and smart. the Steelers made it made a game of it. Um, it's in a way, it was a slight microcosm of the Chargers season that they're amazing one minute and awful the next, and they let a team that they should have, you know, put the hammer down and go let them come back and you know the Chargers you know eat out the win at the end but it was it was to me it was closer than it than it ought to have been because the Chargers should have put the game to bed much earlier I mean when you're up that much in the fourth quarter so I keep going back and forth in my opinion about the Steelers this season yeah there are times where I'm looking at this and I'm like yes this is a Mike Tomlin led team and they can grind out these really really ugly wins and there are some games where you're like, well, they tied the Lions. Right. And part of me wonders if they're, if this year they're a team that plays to the level of their competition or if they're a team that's just, they have so many great pieces in play, but there are also a lot of things that are holding them back. I think right now their roster is holding them back. I yeah, think they have a lot of I mean, good but not great wide receivers. I yeah. think the great story for their wide receivers this year is Deontay Johnson being yeah, a I mean, lot more aggressive. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think Juju Smith-Schuster I've kind of soured on a little bit. Yeah. Chase Claypool had a great rookie season, and I think he still has the capability of doing great things. Yeah. Uh, but part of his rookie season last year, his stats last year, is based on the fact that he had four touchdowns in September yeah. in one game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This year, he's doing fine. Uh, he, you know, he... 90 yards that he caught yesterday. Yeah. But he only has one touchdown so, so far, yeah. far well, this season. Well, for me, also, one of the stories is, obviously... Big Ben, yeah. Is he the answer going forward? You you wonder. Well, he's if, not. I mean, right. Going and, forward, and he's go, not. going forward, no. Um, but but even this year, you you kind of think, okay. I mean, he's he hasn't been bad, but given the weapons they have, you wonder if maybe they got somewhere in the draft, whether they might have found someone to use more of that firepower. Yeah. You know. I wouldn't be shocked if they took a quarterback in the first round this year's draft. Yeah. There are a lot of quarterbacks that are being considered. I think the, there was an article that said that the there are three quarterbacks that have an expectation for a first-round grade for this year's draft, Yeah. Uh, which usually means that there's going to be four or five that get taken because quarterbacks yeah. are high need. I still think that the Steelers have a good chance now to be able to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, 
because if they keep grinding this way, they are going to be more dangerous than not. I, oh, I agree. They could likely end up at like 10, 6, and 1, or maybe they 9, could. Yeah, they nine, have the seven, like you say, they, they, they have Mike Tomlin, and that, that can give you one or two wins over what over the talent that you have. The so. only statistic that I'm going to see in here, and on, I didn't watch the whole game, so it's 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 hard for me to be able to see where these sacks come from, but I see three sacks on Ben Roethlisberger, which is not an incredible amount. Yeah. But three sacks for 28 yards, usually if you're losing that many yards in total on sacks, it's usually because you're trying to scramble, you're trying to move around, you're trying to back up a bit because your wide receivers can't get open. Yes. So yeah. I'm wondering if, they'd usually, if they're going to do what the Mike Tomlin thing is, yeah. which is to draft a wide receiver in the second or third round yeah. and prioritize release and speed and acceleration yeah. just because if, if they can't separate they're going to have receivers that are going to contest the ball which is the type of player that Deontay Johnson is he yeah. can separate he's got quickness but he also fights for the ball in, in tight windows yeah, yeah. I don't think that that is what Chase Claypool is right. I think he's a vertical threat over the top Yeah, yeah. I think Juju is I don't even know what he is anymore. I think he's kind of the guy who's like, I he should was, be the star. Well, Throw the ball to me. But d- yeah. does he do anything great or does he do everything well? Well, you you also brought this up that, again, it's it sometimes... Juju had that great year when Antonio Brown was there. And it was partly because... And, and with hindsight, it's always a great thing. But you realise that literally every team they played, we were just like, OK, we're going to try and stop Antonio Brown. So Juju Smith-Schuster ended up having yeah. around the same yards or maybe even more yards and more touchdowns. But then actually, is is he the number one guy? And, and, and maybe he isn't. You know, Deontay Johnson certainly seems to be there. Yeah. So, but yeah, to me, that was a game that stood out. But I guess the, 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 the big story of the week, or certainly one of them, was Jonathan Taylor's immense performance so, at but, Buffalo. No argument, Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in, in football yeah. right now. What I like about that is that given Derek Henry's injury, you sort of needed someone in the league to take over that mantle. And Jonathan Taylor was just... You know, he is, he's the best best running back in the league. Well, we talked about how he was able to get to the same number of yardage as Derrick Henry, albeit with two more games, but with 50 fewer carries. Yes, yes. Um, Jonathan Taylor, the way that I see Jonathan Taylor play, um, it reminds me a lot, and I'm not calling him this, but he reminds me a lot of Barry Sanders with the way that yes. he plays. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He is... He's just phenomenal in so many different things that he does. Yeah, I mean, he has a nice stop and start that he does. Yeah. He, he he plays this year's game as well, or this generation's game, where he can also catch out of the backfield. Five total touchdowns, 200 total yards in this game. And he had 32 carries, which means he can work as a bell cow. Yeah. I mean, th- this man is better than everybody else at his position. He is, in the and, and it's given that because the Colts are, they're 5-5? Five and five? They're 6-5 and five They're 6-5 now. now. Yeah. And they were a team, again, at the beginning that, and a lot of analysts and pundits are now saying you know they're a team on the rise and they could definitely be a threat when well you... the question mark with them was Carson Wentz and yes he's doing fine but uh, yeah exactly he's doing fine when you have someone that good as a running back the offense goes through him yep. and if Carson Wentz can work around that and he has had some good games yep. so it is a recipe Not for they have got week, good, but no, good but they have a good defense yeah and and I mean conversely the Bills what what is going on there? I mean, I, I people have said this that they're they're kind of a finesse team, and that they I they don't that. even try to run. And it's like so when you play them, they're just like okay, well you know Josh Allen is just going to try and throw it around the park, and if you stop that, they don't really have a plan B or another course of action. Um, they're still a very good team, but yeah. to see them get 
smash like that was is was quite alarming, really. And uh, you know, uh, now the Patriots are they're right taking there. over. They're right yeah, there. I yeah, mean, they're right there. Both of the teams they are played trying to one do more, but seven and four. I mean, they're, yeah. The yeah. Bills are are having a little bit of a top patch right now. Yeah. Um, they've lost a few games over the past month and a half or so. What's interesting about their losses is they have not. They haven't had back-to-back losing weeks this whole season. Okay. Every single time they've lost, they've bounced they back. They've bounced back a month. And the past six weeks have been win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. Their wins are against the Chiefs, the Dolphins, and the Jets. You know, teams there that can compete, okay. uh, except for the Jets. Okay. Uh, and their losses are against the Titans, the Jaguars, and the Colts. Yeah. The Colts and the Titans, we both have high, high feelings on. It's true. And the Jaguars... That defense is a lot better than people think. It is. I will say with the Titans, it's interesting you brought that up about the Bills because the Titans, after Derrick Henry went down, everyone was like, okay, well, they're done. And then they get, and then they win their next two matches. The first was what? The Rams Sunday night, which was no one gave them a sh- No one gave them a hope. And then who did they beat the week after that? The Saints. The Saints. So, again, sort of two, although the Saints have fallen a bit recently, but, but two good teams. No, no one thought that they would even probably win a game without I mean I think they did but people thought after Derrick Henry they're done but interesting when you look at the Titans the games they've lost they lost to the Jets I believe and they also lost to the Texans this past weekend so it's kind of like they beat the teams they're not supposed to beat and they lose to the teams that they should be and it's a really interesting you know that almost they're really up for the games that people are saying you've got no shot they're really up for and then the games that they should just turn up and win. They don't. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's really hard to say what's going on with these games that they're losing. Um, yeah. Because both... The, well, they, they, they lost be. the Cardinals in the first week, like, sure. Yeah, a lot yeah, of people lost the Cardinals. The Jets and the Texans, like, is there any really one good thing that those teams do? No, and no. We'll, we'll see how this continues faces. to go. The Titans are still 8-3. and three. Um, There's a chance that Derrick Henry comes back by the end of the season. I think they're projecting him to come back by Week 17. So, sucks so for maybe for the, for the playoffs. The uh, well, not for our playoffs. No, really. Not for the fantasy. But yeah. yes. maybe, maybe if I manage to get to the championship game, he might be back for that week. Um, he can make a glorious return mark yeah. in the but, final of fantasy against it, yours truly. Speaking of things <laughs> that, uh, that sting, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Seahawks. Um, last Let's week I made the comment about uh, some off the field news. Well, a little bit well, of off the field really news. Bad, last week I made the comment that I didn't think that talking about the Seahawks last week was particularly interesting because the, the game was boring and it kind of went the way that we thought. But this week was a little bit different because after the loss that they had uh, to the Cardinals, Cardinals that did not have DeAndre Hopkins or Kyler Murray, Colt McCoy beat the Seahawks this past week. Um, Pete Carroll left the press conference uh, frustrated and came back and said something very, very similar to what Spencer last week alluded to, which was the fact that he said, I haven't had to deal with this type of loss before or these type of losses before. I'm not good at this, and quite frankly, I don't want to be good at this. Um, Dealing with a losing team is not something that I'm familiar with, really. Um, At the beginning of his tenure with the Seahawks, he was rebuilding. There wasn't the expectation that they were going to be doing a lot of winning. So that's understandable that, like, he wasn't looking at those wins and losses in the same way. Uh, And it seems like it is starting to catch up with him. This was an ugly loss. And there's no other way to be able to spin that. Russell Wilson doesn't look right. Uh, Chris Carson is going to miss the rest of the season. Uh, 
it looks like their their rookie corner Trey Brown is also going to be missing the season as well. Had a patellar tendon injury. Uh, fortunately, though, uh, Rashad Penny made his first career start. Great. Um, <laughs> but then he hurt his hamstring. So you you clutching his tools a bit. Then. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, so, 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 so. <laughs> The amount of bad first I'm, round I'm picks gonna that wait, we've I'm going to wait until you're you're. No, I'm done. You're, you're done. Yeah, okay. I'm done. So we disagreed about this last week. You know, I, I did think it was a bigger news than it was last week. Them getting blanked. I sort of. I feel I was sort of proved right, given what happened this past week, and given what happened in the press conference, that it was the start of something a bit deeper than the loss last week just happened I think we talked about this in our podcast last week and I brought this up about should the Seahawks move on from Pete Carroll or should Pete Carroll just just go I think you started to maybe see some cracks starting to appeal the seeds of that this past week I think Pete Carroll obviously was really frustrated it was it was an ugly loss as you say it was a really bad loss uh, even more so than the previous week, they were at Green Bay. It's a tough place to go. Yeah. Even if it was, if, even it was a blank. Right, I mean, like this yeah, was, that's really bad. But yeah, you were playing at home against a team without their starting wide receiver and their starting quarterback, yeah. who aren't just—I mean—they're great players. It was at home in Seattle, the 12th man. You, you'd think Seattle would find a way to win, and it was a—it was a bad loss. And I think. I think there is, and I brought this up last week, and I know you said you you said at the end of our discussion about the Seahawks that if if Seattle moves on from Pete Carroll and they have a losing season, I believe in any of their next two years, then it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Hindsight is always a great thing. You're you're never going to know about that unless you move on from Pete Carroll. One thing I would say is I also think there was a slight. Spencer talks about this about excuses that I would I would never. We just brought up, up Mike Tomlin with a piss. I, I could never see Mike Tomlin doing what Pete Carroll did. Mike Tomlin is very much like, you know what? No excuses. We we were awful. But and I and I and I and that that's happened a number of times during Mike Tomlin's Pittsburgh career. That when when they've been horrible, he's just said no excuses. You know. Oh, ne- he's called up the refs at times call, too. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But most of the time, he's like, you know what? We were horrible. Like we deserve yeah. to get. We deserve to lose. Pete Carroll's just like he, as he openly admitted, he doesn't know what to do. And as a coach, if you were a player, you're like, well, our coach is supposed to try and help us through this, and he's basically saying, I don't know what to do. Like he, he basically said that in the press. I, I literally don't know what to do. We, we were I'm struggling to find to ways to score. So, so you're kind of like, okay, well, if our coach doesn't know what to do, and he's supposed to be the de facto leader of the team and help us through this. And, and I, I do just think, look, Pete, Pete Carroll's been there for a long time. He's had a great record. You said he's a Hall of Famer, and he is. That doesn't mean that sometimes breaking up the band can be a good thing and just getting a fresh face in there, maybe with some new ideas. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be as good as Pete Carroll, but but maybe for a year or two, they, they might be they might be different. They might just change. Um, I, think, I think it might be good for... for and, for Seattle to move on. On top of that, there was also the kind of Russell Wilson was obviously disgruntled over the summer with you know 
for whatever reason, you know, is he going to stay? He was disgruntled at the beginning of February. I would hardly say right. that was the summer. Well, not the summer, true. But, you know, with, with the talent they have, and I know Russell Wilson was injured, but, you know, when you've got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, you, you should you should be able to to, fu- to find ways to beat Arizona without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. I would agree. And, and it is slightly alarming. And I, I, I personally think... And, you know, we talked about this. They have ESPN has talked about it. It's been brought up. Keyshawn Johnson in his morning show actually said, actually said, you know, I think Pete Carroll should go. They talked about it on PTI yesterday yeah. too. So I mean, like PTI, give them a little bit more credit. Ke- Keyshawn Johnson, I, I, I honestly don't really pay attention to his opinions whenever he goes around with Pete Carroll because he's always been angry about the fact that Pete Carroll left USC in the way that he did. Uh, okay. So he's he's never been particularly. Flattering okay, of, of Pete Carroll. So w- what he says, I, I a lot of things that he says, I do agree with. But when it comes to Pete Carroll, I'm like, okay, you you, you just got to grudge in that. Instance. The last thing I would say is this: this season is probably a bit of a wash for Seattle, it obviously. Is. Yeah. And and that's we a have given, to go on. But, our but how do you? It's more about okay, next year rebuilding. How do you how do you get better next year? And you know, is is Pete Carroll the answer? I mean, being being at one team for 10, 11 years is a long time, and and he's done an amazing job. But you know, maybe there is someone better out there. You know, Eric Bieniemy. People have talked about why why hasn't he been offered a job yet for a long time? I mean, obviously, no, he hasn't been a head coach, but yeah. he's certainly got the pedigree. He's got the CV. So, you know, there are other people out there too. There are. Uh, if if something like that occurs and we manage to get one of those really really high end coordinators to come in and be able to write the ship, that would be one thing. Moving on from Pete Carroll for the sake of creating change, I think is just a mistake. Now, here's what I would, would say. I mentioned this last week that I think the biggest fault of Pete Carroll was being too loyal to Ken Norton Jr., who was a phenomenal corner when he was in the NFL, but has been an absolutely god-awful defensive coordinator. Okay. He really hasn't put together a really decent scheme of what the defense is supposed to do, and it's ended up being one of the worst in his entire tenure. If Pete Carroll holds on to Ken Norton for another season and doesn't try to right the ship from the top down from the defensive side, I think that that would be evidence enough to say, okay, let, let's let's do let's move on from something else. It might be time to pull the plug. But I think moving on from Pete Carroll just because he has his first bad season since the team got put together, I, I think is a bit like abandoning the ship when it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Do I think that the ship is perfectly fine? No. Of course not. Right. The offensive line is stabilized in a way. We have very, very good talent on the left side of the line. I think we do need to find a solution for left tackle on the draft because Dwayne Brown won't be there forever. I think we the biggest problem we have is we have a, a division that has tailor-made their defenses to be able to go after mobile quarterbacks. Right. They We have to deal with the likes of Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt and Nick Bosa and Aaron Donald and Larry, <laughs> Leonard Floyd and Eric Armstead. And yeah. It's really tough when the entire division built its scheme around the way that your team plays because of the amount of success that you've had. But that's what all of these now hyper-competitive teams in the division have done yeah. to be able to go ahead and create success. And because they found success that way, the rest of the, te- the league has gotten mobile as well. Yeah. And that has really helped all of them. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to deny the greatness of the Rams and the Cardinals this season because both of them have shown really, really amazing talent from how to get after mobile quarterbacks, yeah. which is not just the the fast quarterbacks in the league, but also the young quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
you know, yeah, I feel I feel we, we've talked about this <laughs> way too much. Way too much. I understand why, because it's a team close to, close to me. your heart. Yeah. So, but I feel, yeah, let's, uh, let's move let's on. Let's move on. Um, we're actually releasing this episode on Wednesday because we have games starting. First time normal. ever. Yeah, first Happy time ever. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I actually don't even know if it was because before our before we started going every single Friday, we released like three or four episodes over two weeks. We did. To That's be able correct. to like get all the divisions in place yes. before we did yes. the draft. But this is our first in-season midweek release because Thanksgiving is coming up. Yes. And if you want to listen to this podcast while you are traveling, that's awesome. Uh, if you want to share this, or even during the Cowboys game, or during the Lions game, <laughs> or no, the Saints game is probably going to be more interesting than, than that. This year's slate of Thanksgiving games actually looks like they're pretty decent. We have to have yes. the obligatory Lions game because of tradition, <laughs> and they're going to be playing a division rival. Yes. Uh, I think that'll be interesting. Maybe we'll see the Bears destroy the Lions. That would be fun. I'm a lot more excited about the Raiders versus the Cowboys than I thought I would be. But I think those I teams are very, very similar as far as yeah. like what their level of talent is. And if you ask me to put money on who's going to win that game, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Uh, the Raiders are in a downward slump. They are. Because yeah. of the te- players they've lost and because of the coach that they lost. But they've been fighting the they past have. few weeks or they so. Have. And then I think the creme de la creme of the, g- the day is definitely Bills versus Saints. Yes. yes, the Saints are still with the whole Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon. Yeah. Taysom Hill recently extended Started, Trayson. So, yeah, extended his contract. <laughs> um... I think that's going to be a fascinating game. Which game are you excited about? I'm excited, interestingly, about the Lions-Bears, mostly because of the aftermath of the Ravens-Bears game on the weekend. And I know it wasn't a great game, but the end of the game was very interesting to watch. The Bears, Annie Dalton throws a touchdown with a minute to go. I was watching it. Annie Dalton is confirmed to start this week. And you think the Bears are going to get a win, and then the Ravens, without Lamar Jackson, Brett Huntley comes in, uh, marches them all the way down the field and the Bears again talking about Pete Carroll there's been talk about Matt Nagy being sacked and there's been talk about him for a while Yeah, and it is, a, it is a game that you feel that the Lions might be able to pull out it's Thanksgiving I would I would bet on the Bears winning because the Bears are a better team but I, division, yeah. division rival like you say anything can happen we saw what happened with Houston against Tennessee so that is, a, that is a game that I'm I'm actually interested to watch. Cowboys-Raiders on paper should be a good game. You're right, the Raiders are are in a bit of a downward spiral, but they have been fighting, and they've got, they've got players to hurt the Cowboys. And, I mean, obviously, I, I hope the Raiders win because I... Yeah, you love I, the Cowboys. I, I, yeah, I want any team but the Cowboys to win. So, I'm you know, and I've got Hunter Renfro too, um, even though whether I play him or not, I haven't decided yet. But um, the last game will also be interesting you know will the Bills bounce back after their horrible loss this week um, the Saints have lost three in a row can they bounce back too so you've, you've got kind of two teams with question marks but it'll be a good game I mean they're two good teams so I think I think that's the marquee matchup obviously um, Thanksgiving night Bill Saints should be good. It should be good. Uh, just to make a correction, it wasn't Brett Huntley, it was Tyler Huntley. Different different Sorry. quarterback named Huntley. Uh, you know, backups at the same time. Uh, there's going to be a lot of fantasy implications with Thanksgiving Day this year, too, because Ezekiel Elliott's playing. We have uh, Alvin Kamara may or may not be playing. Josh Allen is playing. We're going to get Dak playing. C.D. Lamb is playing. And DeAndre Swift also is going to be playing as well. So by the end of this Thanksgiving, there are going to be a lot of premier t- talented players. Yeah. But there's no 
the thing that's most interesting to me are the running back committees from the Bears and the Bills because you got David Montgomery for the Bills who yeah. tries they're trying to make him be the bell cow but they keep going back and forth between a rotational aspect every yeah. now and then and the Bills are without a doubt like settled within a rotation between uh, Devin Singletary Zach and Zach Moss yeah. yeah it'll be interesting to watch based off of what's going to happen yes because I have Devin Singletary in one league I've also got Zach Moss in one league and I have to make the decision which of them do which I think is going play? to do yeah. well yeah so, that's the Thanksgiving games. Uh, we did have one more story that we wanted to talk about. Um, <laughs> Antonio Brown. It seems like every single week we're going to talk about some schmuck in the league who <laughs> has become a schmuck because of what they're trying to do to skirt the rules of the vaccinations. Yes. Uh, apparently, Antonio Brown, uh, stated by, I believe, a, a former chef or former yeah, personal chef, chef or uh, some yes. acquaintance of, of Antonio Brown's, uh, is claiming that Antonio Browns was spending the summer looking for one of those fake vaccination cards. Uh, since then, Tampa Bay has come in and said, no, no, we do, did our due diligence. These are They're all vaccinated. Uh, he, he's been vaccinated. We've got all this. And it casts doubt for everybody that's going out there. Like, what what's really going on? Like, why are these players still, still struggling with the idea of the vaccination? And for some players, I understand. But for people to be able to go out their way to try to lie, just to be able to have the the lack of the wearing the mask to be able to sit in the cafeteria, things like that. It, it just, it, it, I lose faith in humanity every day, <laughs> bit by bit. So for me, I shouldn't make fun of it, but it is quite a funny story because it, it's partly for me, I mean, you said it yourself, a schmuck, but nothing Antonio Brown does or is supposed to have done anymore surprises me. Yeah. Like nothing that allegedly comes out comes out about him in any way, shape or form surprises me anymore. So can I believe that it's something that he would have done? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I can. Um, having said that, Tampa Bay's come out and vehemently denied everything and they've said, yep, yeah, Tampa Bay's 100% vaccinated. So, you know, I will give him the benefit of the doubt, innocent until proven guilty. Innocent until proven guilty. Um, it's a more exciting story than I think it is a truthful yes, story. Yes, I but... will say... The one other point I, I do want to bring up, and it speaks to a slightly more... I'm going to call out the CDC here, actually, is that the these vaccination cards, I'm sorry, they're a joke. I they're, mean, they're terrible. They're, they're, I mean, and, and in a way, it speaks to more about, yes, how easy is it to get one of these fake fac vaccination cards? I mean, it's just any, anyone paper. can do it on a computer. I mean, it's so... And it's ridiculous when you're talking about a pandemic and a virus that in this country... We have these like paper white cards that you know you just write on. Oh yeah, they got their vaccine. At the, you know, they this give time you a sticker date. with a number and, 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 and says, "Hey, we and did you're this just here." Like, well, you take it, it at face it value. Not, it's 2021. Like, I'm I'm sorry. Then I mean, they can do a better job than that. Much I mean, it, I mean it's, it's there a are joke. some there, like there are some states, there are some health systems that are putting QR codes attached to everything to be able to track right. your vaccination right. progresses. And I think that's a great way to do that. And I think that's what they should have mandated the NFL players to do. Yes. Go get vaccinated, and you have to have this type like of... Like showing the... You have yes. to show this. Like proof. Johnson & Johnson yeah, doing this. Check. Sure. Yes. Um, but there needs to be a trackable proof for, yes. for a league exactly. like that exactly. where there's so many people you're coming in contact with. Who are exactly. Basis. So, you know, that yeah. So that, that's the only other point I'll bring up about it. Let's bring the focus back to our league. We only have three weeks left of actual league versus league play before we get to the playoffs and we are starting to see what things need to happen. 
Now, sure. I wanted to bring up one quick conversation that you and I had before we started recording. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm getting happier and happier with my team, but it's clear that I need to make something happen. I need to make a trade. Wow, League, if you're listening, and Mark, uh, is, Mark is on the trade block. Well, it's, I'm on the trade block. I've got some players that are on the trade block right now, but I'm... I really think I need to go ahead and try to make some offers today, which is going to be before Wednesday when this podcast goes out, which will be before the 24 hours. That will clear before the Thanksgiving game starts to play. Theoretically, I could time it so that if the games are going off, I could make it work. But I need another running back. Um, My hope was that Derrick Henry would be back in six weeks uh, so that I could theoretically have him for the playoffs. But I don't have the luxury of waiting for the playoffs, and it looks like he's not going to be back for until week 17 anyway yeah so he's just gonna live on my IR there for the entire time I've got a lot of specs that are on my bench Mike Mike Davis Chuba Hubbard Marquez Callaway Dawson Knox I really don't have a lot of these are the guys that are going to take me to the end of the playoffs and I really have to make a tough decision to be able to upgrade another position so what I've been thinking about trying to do is see if there is a team that is in heavy contention for like the buys at this point which me like you or Mark or Ryan that needs to upgrade a wide receiver position. I've got DJ Moore, I've got Justin Jefferson, I've got Jarvis Landry, and I'm willing to trade away Justin Jefferson to upgrade an already strong team's lineup for the sake of being able to get one of their strong uh, running backs uh, that they're like double or tripling on. Like the, the team I would love to be able to get a trade in with would be Ryan because his running backs are Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, James Robinson, and the now bell cow David Johnson since today the Texans released Philip Lindsay. Uh, but Biz, we talked a little bit about what would a trade between we did us look like. Well, just speaking, of, I, I doubt Ryan will be trading. I don't any think of you his will. Running backs because I think. His team is ride or die with his running well, backs. I would be looking at James Robinson rather than Najee Harris or Jonathan Taylor. Well, he's not going to give up either of those. No, he's so, not going to so, want to give up either of those. So, um, but he yes. does have a weakness at, at wide receiver like right. we talked about. Right. So with me, um, yes, I am open to a trade. I am willing to potentially give up Melvin Gordon. And I, I would be looking to upgrade my wide receiver spots. Um, Mike Evans is someone I would potentially... Put into the mix. Put into the mix. Yeah. As well as Jalen Waddle. What we I were talking about is I'd be willing to downgrade huh. Justin Jefferson to like a wide receiver tier two player like uh, Jalen Waddle or someone like that. We both agree yeah. that Justin Jefferson is a league above Mike Evans right now. Oh um, yeah, without a doubt. But but it's but it's not saying like Mike Evans is a bum. He's he's a great no, wide he's receiver. Still... But Justin Jefferson is definitely an upgrade that he can. Yes. Make. And actually, I mean, I think if you look at the scoring charts, I think Mike Evans is still. Top twenty, top twenty. He's, he's wide receiver nine right now. Oh, he's wide receiver nine. Yep. Okay, so uh, a lot of that was, I mean, like he he did have a pretty good game this past week. That well, he certainly did. Helped and, out. And, and the thing is, Mike Evans is boom or bust, and we, we talked yep. about this a little bit. That, and I have him. That he will, I will say, the last two weeks he's been good. He, he scored twenty points yesterday. Yeah. I think the week before he he had fourteen or fifteen. Um, but but yeah, he is someone that I'd be willing to consider giving up and Jalen Waddle is someone yeah. that I would consider but I do also have some other wide receivers even on my bench that I don't that I haven't been playing uh, Hunter Renfro yeah, I just picked up Michael Gallup I mean yeah Hunter Renfro is downgrading Justin alive? Jefferson for either Hunter Renfro or no, Michael I mean, you, Gallup it, <laughs> okay no, it, 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 that, that's, no, that's a bit too far of a drop you're not going to do like that. in exchange for Melvin Gordon which is certainly better than 
either Adrian Peterson or Chuba Hubbard or, right. or Mike Davis right now, but dropping a, a level of talent like Justin Jefferson to a Hunter Renfro or, or Michael Gallup for Melvin Gordon doesn't seem to be a, a way for success for me. Right. So what I'd be looking to do would be getting either Mike Evans or Jamar Chase picking up Melvin Gordon and then potentially trading away a depth, posi depth position for you. Um, or maybe a spec that you have an eye on if there's anybody on my roster that you're looking for. Right. Or we were also talking about the fact that you've got Mac Crater as yeah, your kicker. He's on a bye this week. And I've got Justin Tucker, who is arguably the best kicker in the league. He is. So, I mean, I don't know if Melvin Gordon and Mike Evans for Justin Tucker and Jalen Waddle would be a fair trade. But there could be something there. If you're thinking about trying to sculpt your team to be what the lineup's supposed to be down the stretch, you're thinking about what is that last position trying to be. Yeah. I mean, well, like I said, I'm all ears, Mark, so... By the time you, you know, hear this, you should be able to see if he's accepted <laughs> if, if, anything. If I was accepted yes. a trade, yes. yes. Um, down the stretch, we have an interesting set of matchups between the two of us. You... Being in first place are trying to hold off to be able to keep on one of those buys. Yeah. But you're playing against other teams that are also looking to get those buys as True. well. You're playing against Ryan Beatty this week. I've, who got I've, tough, I've got a tough You've got a tough, tough one. Yeah. You get Ned the following week. Ned is still fighting to be able to be a fifth or sixth tough or even fourth. Yeah. And then you play Mark in the last week. Uh, who oh, is also playing. No, Mark's a win. Improper Mark, yeah, that's a win. It's a, He's that's also a, playing easy. for a buy. Yes. So... You've got kind of the murderer's row for the I last I will say, in proper mark, will, will you still have Alvin Kamara at this stage, or have you, <laughs> will, will you have traded him away to, <laughs> to Spencer? <laughs> uh, for, those, for those who don't know, there was, a, there was some beef in our podcast last week over a trade between Spencer and Improper Mark, and Improper Mark took almost took offence to Spencer's... Um, trade request? Trade request, which you guys... Actually, debated thought it was fairly a, a fair request. An improper mark was was uh, extremely, um, you know, taken aback by the by the audacity of the offer, which was Mike Williams and JD McKissick for Alvin Kamara, who was injured at the time. Who was injured and still might be injured this week. Right. Yes. Can I speak on that a little bit? Because I was going to <laughs> please do because I'm sh improper mark will I'm sure respond to our. It didn't I'll make chat. the podcast last week because I don't even recall if I got to finish telling this story. But in my work league, I actually traded away Alvin Kamara about a week and a half ago. And I you told did. you about you that. You did. Uh, yes. I traded away Alvin Kamara for Aaron Rodgers and uh, Devin Singletary. Uh, because I didn't need a, an injured running back in that league. I'm still like way out of potentially making the playoffs but it's still possible so I needed to make a spark is a an injured Alvin Kamara during a time when I need to win every single game going to help my team or is a quarterback that has the dynamicism to be able to surge up and potentially win the game by himself like Aaron Rodgers even yeah. if he isn't vaccinated grr um, it was the type of thing I was looking to make in that league um, on any other given week I would look at that type of trade. I mean, if it was the beginning of the season, if you were to offer me Aaron Rodgers and Devin Singletary for Alvin Kamara, I'd have said, you're crazy. Like, a, a solid RB1 is going to be so much better than a QB1 like that. Right. It's just going to be so much better. Of course. But to, to Mark's point, I do remember when we talked about this, he said Alvin Kamara is his only fit RB1 at the, at the moment, even yep. though he was injured. And so that was his reasoning was why would he trade away the only performing 
RB1 that he has mm-hmm. for two other running backs that may or may not be as strong as him. Which, Which is, is a, a fair, fair comment, comment but at the same comment. time, that's not, not... And that could be a good reason to be able to say no, but that's also not Spencer's problem for offering that. Like, if, <laughs> if, if Mark's no, running backs are all getting injured, and he had Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Alvin Kamara have been injured and or on buys consistently over the past couple weeks, which is not great for him. Uh, he, That's not Spencer's problem to try to resolve. Now, if you're savvy with it, not only are you taking away a player that you think can help benefit your team, but to try to sweeten the deal, you're also solving a short-term problem for the person that you're trying to uh, trade with as well to be able to immediately reconcile the fact that you're taking a player away like that. Now, I can't do that with you because you don't need anything really from me, so I have to find a way to be able to right. find something that actually is worthwhile for you when I make the trade. Right. But, yes, trade, trying to trade away Alvin Kamara for someone like Mike Williams and G.D. McKissick. G.D. McKissick's been playing fine the past couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. He's been getting yes. points. Mike yeah. Williams has been playing on one of the best offenses in the yeah, league. Yeah, exactly. Arguably one of the better wide receivers you can look for during a stretch where the Chargers are trying to continue to be able to make their stamp made known in the AFC West. I don't think it was that bad of a trade. I don't think it was that bad of a trade-off. Now, wow. I could also be... A, again, improper Mark. You should have pulled the plug. You should have done it. I don't blame him for saying no. But I don't think it was a bad trade-off. <laughs> um, this week, you are playing against Beatty. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit. It's going to be a, little a, bit, a but big matchup. I mean, in terms of who's the, the hot team right now, it's obviously Team Ryan. Yeah, and he's uh, got an advantage on you by about seven points. And Ryan beat you in week one. He did. He did. I, I will say, full disclosure, that was partly because I didn't play Jamar Chase. Because, and, and this is what this is what slightly annoys me about these ESPN or well, all the league's projections. Because you often, and it's human nature, you look at the projections and you think, okay, well, this person is projected more, so I'm going to play them. With hindsight, obviously, I would have played Jamar Chase over. Any anyone guess who I played over him? Because he was a very highly touted in the draft Brandon Ayuk who oh, yeah, has yeah, been yeah. doing well the last few weeks but and that's how I lost I mean there were a few other people that I actually I want to insult. give you a little bit more credit uh, for this coming week it's going to be closer to like an even because you currently don't have a player at kicker so when you plug in a kicker it's going to be pretty even oh maybe five or two six points yeah 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 so um yeah it's going to be it's going to make uh, it's trying gonna, to pick it's, up Justin Tucker be, this is, uh, a this lot is, more <laughs> Hey. Well, I, I already hey, put in, hey, hey, hey. I yeah, that's true. I did already put in a claim for a kicker, but but, but I am not as open. good as Justin not Tucker. Not as good as Justin Tucker, although not as good as Justin. If Tucker. you look at no, Justin Tucker is the best kicker in the league. But if you look at the rankings so far of kickers who have scored the most points, he isn't. I mean, he's not top. I mean, no, he's he's, he's in top five. Top but he will six, always be consistent. He's, yeah, and he you're right. He's the best kicker in the league. So. Um, Wow, look at us chatting you, about kickers. You didn't put in a claim for Greg Joseph, did you? No comment. I can neither confirm uh, the amount of. So, so <laughs> on that comment, I'll, I'm just going to say that Greg Joseph, I picked up in as a a bye week kicker in three of my other leagues this year as the okay. season's gone on, and okay. he's always disappointed me in those. And I'm not so saying that just I, to be able to try I will to. say he is the highest scoring kicker. In he is, but he's never like the best any given week. No, he's, just he's not solid. Every solid. Week. But isn't that, he hasn't what, been... isn't that what you want from a kicker? Yeah, kind of. I'd much rather have like Harrison Butker. <laughs> 
Well, that's fair enough because they, yeah, I mean, look, it's a moot point because you're right, Justin Tucker is the best cooker in the league. And also, I put in a claim for Greg Joseph before we had had this conversation about potentially yeah. having a trade. So the idea, no, I'm not going to, I wouldn't, if I had a choice, I'm not going to pick Greg Joseph over yeah. Justin Tucker. But yes, I did that because I was like, I need a kicker for this next week. So yes, Justin Tucker does seem slightly more enticing. So, so going to my match this week, I'm playing against a team who beat me in the first week of the season. Team, team Nick. And then hasn't won a game since. Oh, come on, Nick. Do the double. Do so, the double. I, I'm one of these five and six, six and five teams that really needs to get every advantage that he can. So I'm certainly looking forward to a team that, on paper, I have a huge, huge advantage over. Uh, about a 24-point advantage right now before any trades happen. I have some really, really good on-paper players. Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders should be even of the road. Justin Jefferson, one of the best wide receivers in the league. DJ Moore going against... A Miami team that has a still disgruntled Xavier Howard on that team, who's not been particularly happy. George Kittle, only ranked 14th, but when he plays actually and isn't injured, is arguably the best in the league. Yeah. And no, Jarvis great. Landry, ever since he's come back, he's been consistently good. Uh, I have a lot of confidence going to this week. I don't pound my fist on the table, but payback's a bitch, and this <laughs> week so am I. <laughs> Come on, Nick. For the league's sake, do the double over my, For the my esteemed co-host. Yes. Yeah. I didn't talk about the players I was going to be playing against down the stretch, though. We talked about the players that you were playing against down the stretch and then in March. Oh, you mean, oh, the teams. Yeah, yeah. The so Sorry, I'm playing yes. Nick this week, but the following two weeks, I'm playing against two teams that are also in that scrum. I'm playing against Andy next week, and Andy has actually had a quietly a really, really strong run, run as of late. Shout out to him this week. And Top Justin, who has always been a tough matchup for me, regardless of what, uh, what year it's been. I have to get have a combination of consistency and luck for these last three weeks for me to be able to get that sixth or fifth spot. Wheeling, dealing. That's what I'm going to yeah. be doing. Yeah. And with that note, we just have one more thing to talk about. And that is our picks. Our pickums. Our pickums. Biz. We did not do well last week. <laughs> and as far as, like, if we both don't do well, that's still a victory for you. So I really need a victory this week. And I need you to continue to pick bad teams. So if you could continue to do that, please do so. Okay. But well, I... I will say, I'm currently second in, in our league of pickups. I don't think that's true. Last week you were, not all season. You are in second. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Last week you had a good week. Oh, La I'm seven. And last week I <laughs> forgot to put my picks in up okay. until uh, like okay. Sunday night. Okay, fair enough. So, so you missed a couple of games. Yeah, so I missed okay. a few games. Fair enough. Yeah, okay. you are not in second in our league. <laughs> uh, also, shout out to Justin. Justin in our Pickums app is 36th nationally in his picks, and he let us know. He let us know that he was 36th wow, that's, nationally that's in impressive. our picks. That's impressive. All right, let's go ahead and take a look at these picks. If you don't mind, what I'd like to do is go first. We're getting down to the, the picks now where it's struggling for me to like pick some of these teams because I'm like, man, I, I really don't want to do this one right now. But I think I'm going to. I actually feel fairly confident in this one, even though they're a bad team. I'm picking the Jaguars to be able to beat the Falcons this week. That's, that's, not, a bad, that's not a bad pick. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see that happening. The Falcons have not been playing well since Calvin Ridley stepped away. And they don't have really a number one receiver on that team. And they don't really have a number one running back ever since Cordero Patterson hasn't really played that much either. Yeah. So they're kind of like 
they're not rudderless. They're they're a longship with nobody with no oars. There's nothing actually happening. There are no <laughs> sails. It's just Matt Ryan standing on a boat and just saying, "Well, where are we going?" Uh, I think that the Jaguars are going to be able to beat the Falcons this week. That's a good pick. I can see. It's interesting with these picks. There's no there's no surefire game that you think. No, it's a good. You know, good. good I tell you what. I mean, aside of the picks, a, a game that really stands out to me is Tampa Bay at Indianapolis. Yeah, that one. That, that looks really a really good game. Out. That looks a really. Unfortunately, good game. you can't pick either of those teams. <laughs> I, I, okay, so I don't. The Jets at Houston. That you've that, already that's, picked Jets. That's what, no, just because that's the game of the week for me. But like, <laughs> oh, you're picking the Texans. Uh, I, I mean, they're on a roll. I could. I could uh, One game winning streak. <laughs> uh, I've picked the. Have I picked the Patriots yet? Are uh, you not? Because interestingly, the, the Patriots. The, the, yeah, I did the Patriots over Tennessee. That could be interesting. That's Miami, a, Carolina. Uh. Yeah, a lot of these games this week are like, ooh, ooh, who's gonna go here? Ooh, who's gonna do this? You know what? I mean, I'm gonna have to pick them at some stage, and I don't like to do it because I always want to pick against them. But I'm going to pick. You're finally picking the Cowboys? No. Oh, okay. No, because I actually think Vegas might be them. I do too. I am actually going to take... I'm going to pick the unvaxxed Aaron Rodgers over the LA Rams. So I'm going to pick the Green Bay Packers to win at home against the Rams. That's not a... That, that's a tricky, tricky pick. It is. But I also... See, in my Pick'em League, I've actually picked the Rams over Green Bay. Uh, just because I have a lot of confidence in Matt Stafford going to a cold yeah, environment nice. to be able to play, even though his winning percentage in Green Bay is not the greatest. Um, no, I like that pick. I, th- I think for me, I'm it's still... more just like Green Bay are at home. You've got the Rams and, and you wanna, sunny You're going to want to pick them at some point. You, you, and, you know, it's a West Coast team going to Green Bay, the, the frozen tundra, as they call it. Like, So, yeah, I, this is my Green Bay Packers pick. All right. Well, my beer has come and gone. You are I am, into your I'm second into, beer. <laughs> I'm into my second. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Happy Any last uh, call-outs, shout-outs? I wanted to shout-out one of my buddies uh, who also makes podcasts and actually a YouTube channel that has over 250,000 subscribers. Wow. Uh, Darren Jackson, who hosts uh, the YouTube channel Rap Critic and also hosts two podcasts, one called Going Off and the other one called the A New Review. Uh, one, the rap critic takes uh, music videos and new, newly released rap songs and analyzes what the lyrics mean. Um, a review A New or A New Review, you'll find it when you look it up, okay. uh, is an hour-long uh, movie review podcast. Oh, wow. Uh, the most recent one was about the movie Knives Out. Uh, the Ryan Johnson thriller from a couple years ago with Daniel Craig, and Going Off is about it's a good film. is a uh, Going Off is a podcast uh, that reviews albums as they release. Um, Fantastic. Good buddy of mine, Darren. Uh, the two of us both studied opera together at the University of Maryland. So great, great guy. And uh, go check out his his shows, but not before you share our podcast out to everybody else. <laughs> yes, please do. Um, you know what? I'm going to be. I, I'm. I'm, I'm going to shout out Mark's favorite city, Seattle, where I was for the last 
five weeks, even though the NFL team had a horrible time while I was there, they basically always lost and stunk up the joint. The, the problem was you? Um, yeah, it was me because I was there, but it's a great, great city. I had a great time. Um, shout out to uh, the Lowbrow Opera Collective, who I was singing with. Um, thanks for everything, and it was a great show we put on. Um, and I'm also going to shout out myself for still being in first place in my actual proper football league. <laughs> so, go me. Yes. And with that, we're going to bid you a happy Thanksgiving. Happy safe Thanksgiving, travels, everyone. And safe I hope travels. everybody uh, doesn't safe. have uh, awkward political conversations around the Thanksgiving table. <laughs> I'll cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers, mate.